Well, uh, we're in part three of our series, Open Doors. Um, last week, we had, uh, actually two weeks ago, Willie opened the series where he's an expert on doors. And he opened our series, and it was fantastic. And it's about what we allow into our life. And if Jesus stands on the, at the door and knocks, and, and he won't come in unless we invite him. So therefore, what, have we, what else have we invited into our lives that has led us down a path that, that has gotten us into trouble? And we quite often easily we, to blame other people. Oh, this happened because of this, or, or the devil. The devil made me do it. You know, but, but really, what do we allow into our life? What have we invited in our life? Uh, so if you missed that, go, go to our website, follow the link, and listen to it. It was fantastic. Last week, we looked at the door of disappointment. And that quite often, we come across the door of disappointment. And, and that kind of hinders us. And, um, but, but really, our doors of disappointment is a door of opportunity. So uh, we've been speaking out of Mark chapter 2. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And um, so we're going to be taking a, another look at um, what the Bible speaks about. Does anybody here like playing sports? Sports people? Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up, the only sport that I played, the ball had to be oval. And the reason why the ball had to be oval is because I was naturally good at it. Okay, and I, I struggled with when the ball was round. I really struggled, and I don't like struggling um, playing a sport, so I just stay, I, I, I kind of st- uh, went away from playing this kind of sport. However, that all changed when I left school and I got a job working at the airport in Auckland, and I was spending all my money at the cafeteria. Has anybody ever spent all your money at the cafeteria? You felt like, I was feeling like I was working just to pay the cafeteria bill. Um, so I realized the only way to get my mind off the food and buying anything was to play the only game that was in the smoker room. And the only game they had was table tennis. And that, that was a problem because the ball was round. But I decided to play it because I wanted to save money. So I started playing this table tennis game and I was terrible. Terrible, you know, and I hate being terrible at something. And, and um, this is what I discovered. I discovered that the harder the opposition I played against, the higher my skill level increased. The higher the opposition, the harder the opposition, the higher my skill level increased. When I played against people of my, the, the same ability as myself or somebody of less, less ability to myself, my skill level remained the same. So every day, all I wanted to do was play against the best. And as I played against the best, the harder the opposition the greater my skill level increased. Um, and I began to surpass those who had been playing table tennis for many, many years, and it's because of the opposition they chose. They chose to play against people that they knew they could beat. Well, they chose to play against people, uh, and, they, and they were afraid to take risks. And because the harder the opposition, the higher your skill level begins to rise. If you're succeeding in everything that you do in life, if you're succeeding, then you're not pushing yourself hard enough. And they're saying, well, what do you mean by that? And, and, and because the enemy of make it better, the enemy of make it better is success. Does anybody have a, have a successful marriage? And they go, yeah, I have a successful marriage. Well, do you want to make it better? Because sometimes if it's going well, we, don't, we just don't focus on it. And if we don't focus on it, it can soon become stale. And we end up in a place that we don't want to be. And we're like, how do we get there? And it's because we never made it better because it was working back then. So the enemy of make it better is success. So do you want a successful marriage? Do you want to make it better? Is, is, your, is, your, is your business succeeding? Yeah. 
Do you want to make it better? Is your faith with God, is that a success? Yeah, do you want to make your faith with God even better? Come on, can we go to another level? Can we push ourselves a little bit more? Can we, can, you know, if you want to learn to fail forward, if you want to learn to achieve your dreams, then we've got to cultivate um, tenacity and persistence in our life that I'm not going to settle for an average mar- marriage. I'm not going to settle for an average business. I'm not going to uh, settle for average relationships in my life, but I'm going to make it better. That I'm going to continue um, to be persistent and becoming better. I'm going I'm to increase my, my ability to study. I'm going to increase my ability um, to make money, to provide for my family. I'm going I'm to continue to do these things. And Because when you notice, successful people, successful people learn to do what doesn't come natural to them. Did you know that? They, learned, they, they, they learn what doesn't come natural. And many of you know my, my testimony, and, and when it comes to public speaking, this is the worst thing. When I was growing up, this is the worst thing that I could ever do. Um, because uh, uh, for me, I, I couldn't speak in public. In fact, I, I had, I had uh, speech impairment. Uh, see, I can't even say that word properly. See, I'm just, just showing you. What do you call it? What's that word? I just couldn't speak properly. And... Uh, <laughs> But, but he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. And, and, and let us, do not, don't, let, don't let the opposition scare us from the opportunity that's at hand. Because greater the opposition, greater the opportunity. Greater the opposition, greater the opportunity. Don't let fear of being not good enough. Or, or, or maybe you, you, you fear that you're, not, that you're not living up to other people's expectation. Or, or maybe you just think that, that you're afraid of failing. Don't, the greater the opposition is greater the opportunity. There's an opportunity before you. How many here are facing opposition right now? Because if you're facing opposition right now, there's great opportunity before you. If you don't give up, if you continue to cultivate tenacity, persistent, and continue to press in God, um, there's opportunity standing before you. If you don't give up, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Mark chapter 2. When I think about, when I think about greater the op- opposition, greater the opportunity, I can't go past Mark chapter 2. And so if you can read with me again, as we did last week, Mark chapter 2, verse 1. A few days earlier, a few days later, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, and even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. And he was preaching a good word that day because Jesus is the word, so therefore it's always a good word. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And whenever I read this passage, maybe it's because it's the South Auckland boy within me, but I can always imagine these guys from South Auckland, you know what I mean? And I can imagine there's four of them, there's, there's uh, Hone, there's uh, Sione, there's Juwane, and I was going to say John, but uh, it's Rufus. Rufus, okay, there's Rufus, there's four of them. They're carrying their mate, uh, his name is Matt, his name is Matt. So Matt's lying on the mat, and they're carrying him. And they've got high hopes. You can say it's, it's through the roof. <laughs> since they could not get to him, since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, and I'm so glad that, that these brothers, they, 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 they didn't just 
go home because they came to their first door and it was the door of disappointment. And we shared about this last week. They didn't just walk away. And we, quite often we will do this, don't we? We kind of subscribe to this, don't we? Of, like, oh, obviously God didn't want me to be healed today, so I'm just going to go home. Well, obviously God didn't want me to have breakthrough today, so I'm going to go home. Obviously God isn't, is not calling me to be a leader. Obviously God isn't calling me in some kind of ministry or some kind of business because the doors are closing, so I'm just going to go home. I'm so glad that these brothers didn't subscribe to their thinking because let me tell you something, I've got good news for you, there's another door. There's another door. Sometimes the reason why you can't even get through that door is because that's not even the door for you in the first place because God is calling you higher. So these brothers, they begin to go higher, they get onto the roof and they begin to dig through. They begin to dig through and then they begin, begin to lay, uh, lower their mate Matt, they lower Matt down before Jesus, and I don't know if they were loaded with ropes or, the, or they tried to lower him as, as close as they could and they got to a certain point and they said, well, let's just drop him. So they just dropped him here before Jesus. I don't know. But all I know is they lowered him. I don't know how far they lowered him or they might have had to drop him. And uh, they figured, well, he can't feel anything anyway. He'll be right. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know. And um, so we got verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, Sione, he, he says, what did he say? Ioane is like, I think he said something about sins. Hone says, did he say anything about healing? Because nah, he just said something about sins. And Rufus, he says, well, it's good that he healed him, but can he fix his legs too? Because let me tell you something, these boys, they didn't bring the man before Jesus to be forgiven. They brought, Je they brought this man before Jesus to be healed. So here's the question. What do you do when God bypasses what you want to give you what you need? What do you do? How many times have we come before God? God, Lord, I just need breakthrough in my finances. Man, Lord, may I, may I win the lotto? Anybody prayed that prayer? Come on, everybody lift your hands right now. Come on. <laughs> Lord, I need breakthrough. But God doesn't work like that. God doesn't, he, he doesn't give you what you want. He gives you what you need. And because and and sometimes the obvious thing to do was to heal the man. But before God does the obvious and changes your situation, he wants to work inside of you. So when he does change the, your situation, that you're ready to receive it. Isn't that good? And what's interesting is, um, according to Jewish mindset, quite often suffering and sin, they're highly connected. And it was always assumed that if you're suffering, it was because of some kind of sin in your life. But Jesus dispels this in John chapter 9. When he says of the blind man, he says that, 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 that you're, not declared, uh, you're not blind because you're, because you're declared a sinner. Know that you are blind so that the power of God, so that the glory of God can be revealed within you. And that's what he said. And we can't always, we can't always um, connect situation with behavior. But it was something that Jesus said. He said, before I give you what you want, I'm going to do something inside of you first. And that takes faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, so far, it's... Um, Faith is, the, is to be sure of the things we hope for, certain of the things we cannot see. You know what I thank God for in this passage? 
I thank God that he has friends. I thank God that he has his friends who believe for him where he may not be able to believe for himself. You know, who are your four? Who are your four? I'm, I'm so glad that he had the right four. Because if he had the wrong four, they would have just dropped him at the door. But he had the right four who got him to the place he needed to be, and that was at the feet of Jesus. Are your friends leading you to Jesus, or are they driving you away? Who's your four? See, that's, that's another sermon series right there. Who's your four? Verse 6, now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? Uh, when was the last time you called somebody a fellow? Hey, fellow. Yeah. We, we probably would say, hey, fella. <laughs> Why does this fella talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And, and whenever we miss what God is doing in the Bible, just the, the Pharisees or the teachers of the law, they come to our rescue. Because whenever they, they get upset, Whenever they get upset, God is highlighting something in Scripture here. So here's a highlighting point for us to, to press even deeper. Because the Pharisees or the teachers of the law were correct, only God himself can forgive sins. Jesus was making a declaration that enraged the crowd. Because what Jesus was saying, he was saying that he was God in the flesh. Because only God can forgive sins. And he's making this declaration and he's making something bold and quite often we can miss the declaration Jesus is, is making. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? I, I love that he, because Jesus knows what you're thinking. He knows your motivation. You can fool me, but you can't fool God. He, you know, he knows your motivation. He knows your thinking. He knows your intention. And he said to them, why, do you, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say? To say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, because I am God in the flesh. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. See, what, when Jesus saw what his friends did for the man, he forgave them. He forgave them. When Jesus saw what his friends did for the man, he forgave them. But when Jesus, but when Jesus heard what the critics thought, we would say haters. We would say haters, right? When Jesus heard what the haters thought. See, what his friends did got him forgiven. What the haters thought got the man, uh, got the man healed. What his friends did got the man forgiven. What his, what his haters did got the man healed. Come on, we need to thank God for our haters in our life, don't we? Have you ever been, have you ever, have you, have you ever been disappointed by somebody? Has somebody ever left you before? Has anybody ever doubted you before? Has anybody ever left you when things got tough? Come on, have you ever had opposition in your life? Have you ever felt like people are, are, are hating on you right now? Because if you ever felt that place, have you ever been to that place before, we need to thank God uh, for the haters in our lives because what, what the, his friends did got him God are forgiven, but what the haters did, what the haters thought, got the man healed. Amen. Can I get an amen for our haters out there? Does anybody have any haters out in, 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 in your life right now? If you do, you need to thank God for them. 
Because God is, is doing something in your life right now. Because let me tell you, this message, this message isn't just for people who, who thank God when he blesses them. This message is for, is for those people who thank God when you're going through pain. This message is, is for those people who thank God uh, when, you, when you're being left all alone, when you feel lonely, when you feel like you've been going through a wilderness. This message is, is for you who continue to thank God no matter what's going on in your life because we understand greater the opposition, greater the opportunity for God to, to move in your life. Amen? And so this is the second door these, these brothers come, come against. The first one was the door of, of disappointment. But the disappointment is the opportunity. So they get up on the roof and they lower the, their brother down and they come across the second door as the, as the door of opposition. It's the door of opposition. But I love what Peter says. When Peter um, says in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 16, he says, Look, I'm going to stay longer in, in Ephesus, not because I enjoy the weather here, uh, not because the food is great, not because, you know, um, everybody loves me in this place. But he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 8 to 9. But I will stay on in Ephesus until Pentecost. Because a great door for effective work has opened to me. And I know this really well. And the reason why I know this really well, because there are many who oppose me. There are many who oppose me. See, the reason why I know that God is is blessing you right now is because the devil is really busy. And the more God blesses you, the more the devil has to get busy. Come on, we need to thank God for our opposition. We need to thank God for the hardships in our lives. Thank God that God is blessing you right now. There's a great door of opportunity before you because of many who oppose you. If you're feeling opposed right now, there's a great door of opportunity. A great door of opportunity that is open before you. See, in investment terms, um, did you know that the greatest investments that we can make, most of us, we don't know about unless we've got a lot of money. Okay, because it's a barrier to entry. Because most of the investments we do know about, or the most of the investments that we can invest in, they're not really good investments. Because the best investments are reserved for those who have more. And I'm talking about money, but what I really mean, I'm talking about uh, the battles, I'm talking about the trials. You know? See, the, see the, um, the greatest battles are reserved for those people who God has his hand on their life right now. If you're going through some battles right now, God has his hand on your life right now. Because the, the greatest battles are reserved for God's warriors out there. So if you want to be a warrior for God, guess what? Let's welcome uh, the, the opposition that's coming along. Because the, the battle we see right now is already won by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because he has put a deposit inside your life, and the, and the door that he's opened, no no man can shut it because God is for you, not against you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I love saying that. I love saying that because the very fact that I'm staying on here, standing before you is because greater is he that is in me than is he that is in the world. Oh, I wouldn't be right here where I am right now. So we need to quit blaming our haters. Quit blaming our haters for the situation we're in right now. The only reason why I'm here is because of those haters out there. The only reason why I, I haven't got the opportunity is because of the haters right now. And I'm stuck on this mat because of the haters out there. We need to quit blaming all the haters. While we had it, why don't we blame, why don't we ban the word haters? Because we don't have haters. We just label people haters. We just have people who, who disagree with us. That's all it is. People that disagree with us. See, your boss 
isn't a hater. They just expect you to be um, to work on time. The only reason why the only reason why they're they're hating on you right now is because you're always late to work. Turn up to work. Your parents aren't haters. Your parents want the best for your life right now. Your parents have been in your shoes. They understand. You know, uh, many years ago, uh, when I was the, uh, oh, a few years back when we had a few interns, and a few interns would say, man, Pastor Ants, he's, he's always hating on us. Always hating on us. And I said, look, I'm not, I'm not a hater. I just expect you to treat the house of God with respect. Do your dishes pick up your rubbish, and get your act together. So I'm teaching you something. Uh, If you're faithful in the little things, God's going to give you so much more. Come on. If you can't keep your room clean, teenagers, (laughs) come on, faithful in the little things. I shouldn't just say that about teenagers, right? (laughs) I've been over to some of my friends' houses, and they ain't teenagers, and they need to get their rooms clean too, you know? (laughs) But you know... For all those that disagree with us, this is what we've got to do. We've got to write a thank you note to them. And this, what I want you to do this week, all those that have disappointed you, all those that have left you, all those that have brought opposition against you, sit down and write them a thank you note. I'm, I'm not saying write something sarcastic. Ah, oh, ah, ah, look at me now. <laughs> Yeah, there's a saying that says the, the, the greatest form of revenge is success. But if you, if you haven't grown through that, then you're not really succeeding. But uh, seriously, I'm saying, write down to them, just thank them and bless them. Write a letter of blessing to them. You go, oh, Pastor, they've hurt me. Come on, come on. I know you're hurting. I know you've been through some stuff. If it wasn't for the haters you wouldn't have been healed. If it wasn't for your weakness, you wouldn't be strong. If it wasn't for, for any of the resistance, you wouldn't be so resilient. Come on, sit down, write a, a letter, a blessing. I'm writing a blessing right now to my, to my former wife. Doesn't want me to see my children, but I'm writing a letter of blessing. Because great is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm writing a letter to all those who just speak about me uh, behind my back. I'm saying, I'm writing them a blessing. Thank you. Because greater the opposition, greater the opportunity. God is doing something in my life. Sometimes God will bypass what you want to give you what you need. And what you need right now is healing. What his friends did, got him forgiven. What his critics thought, got him healed. Come on. Come on. We need to be in a place to allow God to begin to work within us. When I look around and in this room, we've got some pillars of the faith in this room who have been here for many, many years. They can tell you about opposition. They can tell you about story after story after story, but they praise God for every opportunity that came through the opposition. Thank you, God, that you're doing a work in me right now. If you forget anything else I say today, 
other than the fact I sound like Brian Houston from Hillsong. Remember this, greater the opposition, greater the opportunity.